Today's episode is sponsored by ChrisTaylorRacing.com. Welcome to Driven to Compete. I'm Kerry Rouse, and I travel to racetracks around the U.S., where I interview members of the racing community and share their stories as a form of inspiration for our community. I'm here with Eric Birch, right? Correct. So, Eric, tell me a little bit about what your role is, what the what your organization does, and and um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about racing. Absolutely. Well, the first thing I need to figure out is what your workout regimen is, because it's obviously better than mine. <laughs> Um, I'm the president of P1 Group. I founded P1 in 2006 after running and managing teams in American Le Mans series and some other series uh, from the late 90s through the mid-2000s. And um, I put together the OnlyFans uh, program for this season with MRS and and obviously our driver Alex Vogel. And, uh, <coughs> So that, that's, that's that part in the nutshell, but we actually manage drivers, we place drivers with teams all over the world, we sell race team assets, race cars, transporters, things like that. I'm actually in the process of sending a Lamborghini down to Panama as we speak from Florida. So uh, we have a lot, of, a lot of hands and a lot of cookie jars. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. How'd you get started with all this? Wrong place at the wrong time. Oh, that doesn't sound like <laughs> anything bad. Um, no, a friend of mine from high school was in motorsports at the club level, and he and his family purchased a Dodge Viper that had just run at the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 1998. And I had been going to club racing with him for probably five or six years at that point. So we spent the next six months tearing that car down and rebuilding it for the 1999 24 Hours of Daytona. And in the process of, of that, I came across the in promoting that program for the next season for 1999 I came across the the person that was partnering with Justin Bell on his new racing school and I became their director of sales their first employee and I was uh, director of sales for Justin Bell for about three years and as and that kind of turned into a role running a Dodge Viper program in the American Le Mans series and kind of so on and so forth. Got it. So <clears throat> in, in, in any of these, when even when you were doing the, the amateur stuff, were you were you racing with them or were you helping to manage or? I've never been, I've always gotten my excitement from the logistics and everything that happens behind the scenes. I've never had an aspiration to be a driver. I've managed drivers, I've placed drivers, I've coach drivers I've done everything that you know to teach them the business of racing yeah and my role has always been the business of racing yeah and then where was it that when you started where were you, where are you located now just outside of Orlando Florida okay great and that's where the, the, the kind of the team is centered then so <clears throat> when Karsten the owner of MRS was coming over from Germany a few years ago he and I had been doing some deals, putting some drivers in his cars in Germany and also ones that he was running here for some series that were intercontinental. And he's wanted to set up shop in the States. And so I put, I partnered him with, uh, with an entity in Sebring, Florida that was able to provide him with this transporter, the race shop, uh, some support crew, equipment, things like that. So it was kind of a turnkey thing for them. It, was, it worked out great for them. And so 
they're in Sebring, Florida. I'm about two and a half hours away, just outside of Daytona. Okay. So for people that don't understand, you know, managing the race team and logistics and things like that, what what is one of the most challenging things that you deal with on an ongoing basis? You're always going to have personnel issues when you have that many people. Life happens. Mm -hmm. So just making sure that all your people are not just scheduled to go to the right places at the right time, but also getting there to travel and things like that. But probably the hardest is the actual, like when you're doing an intercontinental series, making sure that the cars either on the boat or on the plane. MRS, for example, had an issue with Dubai. We were supposed to be in a cup car and that was leaving from Florida. It's the car that Alex raced last year. And we were going to race that in Dubai with a all pro lineup with Alex and the car never got past the Bahamas the boat stopped in the Bahamas and never left and at that point the car that we're racing this year was had just finished on the podium in Kuwait for the 12 hour and was going to Dubai kind of on a on a standby to go with the rest of the equipment that was coming here to the States it just happened to be on the way to Dubai when we were on our way to Dubai so we just figured out the finances and, and the logistics to, we're like, well, we're going to be racing this car this year. Let's go ahead and get ahead of the curve. So we bumped up to GT3, and um, unfortunately, that car, even coming from Kuwait to Dubai, was four days late. So the team didn't have a chance to really break that car down after a 12-hour race and rebuild it. Yeah, They did the best <clears> that they could in the short amount of time that we had because we missed both test days. We got the car ready, as much ready as we could just before the first practice session and uh, we ended up you know, falling short about you know, four hours into the race unfortunately and we were doing quite well and we had a really really good lineup I think we would have pushed for a really strong result but um, that's the biggest issue so the logistics is maddening. Whatever happened to that car that was stuck in the Bahamas? It ended up getting put on a boat back to the States. Did they give you a reason why? <laughs> God. I've had I've had views when I did the Asian Le Mans series we uh, and we actually won the Asian Le Mans series championship when I was running a program for Rick Ware racing and going into Shanghai the boat sat off the coast like 4,000 kilometers off the coast of, of Shanghai for a week they wouldn't let it into the port we actually had to physically bring cash and bribe the Chinese port oh authority to let the boat in and let our car go through so we could get it and we got and it was a two car program and we only had enough time to prep one car so one car sat for the first round we, we did end up winning the championship thankfully but uh, not for some very uh, unfortunate timing that could have happened and and also the fact that we were smart enough to bring a little cash with us to yeah. if we had to you know oh my gosh sneak our way in what about um what about having cars just already in multi i mean multiple cars already in multiple locations and then just avoid the whole shipping thing uh great in theory <laughs> uh horrible in budget yeah yeah because <laughs> when you look at a gt3 <laughs> car you're looking at a car that's somewhere in the neighborhood of six to seven hundred thousand dollars so if you need if you're racing on three different continents and yeah. you need three different cars it's expensive yeah really expensive and there's no way to kind of keep that car 
active <coughs> some other way um, when it's not being in the race for you guys? Um, <clears throat> yes, no. Um, sorry. You can just edit this part out. <laughs> um, Um, so, yes, I mean, you know, cars, you, you can certainly talk to Carson, and, and one of the things that they do is they're racing all over the world all the time. <coughs> so, we're running a GT3R here this week. Last week, uh, another one of the P1 customers was racing in their cup car, also here. So they've been at VIR for two two straight races, two straight weekends. Yeah, and they leave straight from here and go back to Germany to run programs in Europe. So from that standpoint, yes, there's multiple cars in multiple places, but for the most part, you want to make sure that uh, you just have to be very careful. Like this, the OnlyFans deal is a full season deal and very high profile because of the sponsor that we have, but also our own efforts to make it high profile. You want to make sure that your driver is comfortable. You set a car up for a driver. If a driver, especially a bronze rated driver, has to jump car to car to car, <clears throat> it's hard to keep him comfortable. Yeah. And to, to make sure that it's set up for that particular driver. The other side of that is you can build 10 Porsche GT3Rs and no two will be alike. Yeah. Every car is going to have its own little nuances. What's been the <clears throat> what's been the most gratifying season for you? <clears throat> uh, Asian Le Mans series in, in twenty twenty was was definitely high on that list. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's the second championship that we've won, and um, we worked with David Cheng DC Racing the first time. And then I ran the uh, Rick Ware Racing program the second time. That was awesome. It was it was probably the most unique season I'll ever ever have in my life um, because November of 2019 when all the craziness was happening in Wuhan we were racing in Shanghai yeah we were in China when all that stuff blew up um, then we went straight from there in January we were in uh, Adelaide Australia just at the tail end of the wildfires two months later again just ahead of the pandemic hitting Australia so they were dealing with wildfires but also trying to keep the <coughs> pandemic out uh, you want to water it no I'm okay it's chronic okay no worries <laughs> um, so then we had the wildfires in, in Australia that we were you know working around and, and making sure we weren't 100% sure that the race was gonna happen yeah luckily it did one of our crew members actually rescued a koala that was uh, coming out of the forest uh, and was uh, it was like 105 degrees oh, it was crazy hot and so the koala came out on onto the road and was just like dancing on the pavement because his paws were yeah. burning yeah so they actually rescued him and as a result of that we were able to uh, get in contact with a wildlife refuge and got to go tour their facility which was amazing got to you know feed camels and hold koalas and feed kangaroos and all that stuff and had them come out to the race which was cool wow um, and then we had uh, uh, Malaysia which was Kuala Lumpur 
the Sepang circuit, which is my wife's favorite circuit that we've been to in the world. And uh, went from there, had a little four day break in between that and Burram, which is in Southern Thailand. So my wife and I got to do a four day little vacation in Phuket uh, on, the, on the way in between. So it's just such a unique thing to get all these different um, uh, countries and different um, cuisines and everything was just so unique in every place that we went. Uh, but also every time just just being slightly ahead of where the pandemic was yeah. hitting in the world. Um, so when we were coming back from Burram, we had to take a, a five hour ride in um, this van which looked like a, an early 50s Vegas casino inside. It had the strobe lights and the, <laughs> and the mirrors and all this stuff. When, and us and our crew are taking this five hour trip through the middle of the night from Burram to Bangkok to catch our flight. And you know, the various different stops we were making and you know, the girls were like uh, mortified from these bathrooms we were going into. And, and then of course, you know, stopping at these rest areas in the middle of the night in Thailand, we don't know anybody, we don't speak the language. Yeah. It's so, so unique. <clears throat> and um, on the way back, when we did a layover in Seoul, South Korea, they were just starting to um, do the temperature checks. Mm -hmm. This was February, 2020. So I think about two weeks after that is when Asia just shut down. So had we been any later, we'd have been stuck. Yeah, you were just ahead of it. My just gosh. everywhere we went was just ahead of it. That's amazing. Globe trotting right in front of the pandemic. I mean, that's so many people I know were thinking about traveling, but they were already, you know, it was already too late at that point. Yeah. Um, we got very fortunate. Have you had COVID? A couple times. Really? Yep. My wife was in the medical field for 25 years. Uh, she's had it probably three times. We've had the vaccinations and boosters. We've done all that stuff. And I've gotten got lucky. It. I haven't haven't had it yet. So you better find some. Wood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, it's 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 not fun. Uh, I think there's some the definitely some residual effects from the vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's starting to come out and be made a lot more aware. It's, it's really unfortunate what happened to a lot of people, but uh, I think the world will never be the same. Yeah. As a result. Oh, yeah. Um, so of all the cars that you've had, you've managed, you've owned, you sold, you, you ran, anything is your favorite and why? The Dodge Viper. Yeah, was it's, that the original? The it's the original. It's what got me into it. Yes, yeah. started it all, and I just there's nothing like the sound of it. There's nothing like the look of it, and the just the passion of the fans that were Viper fans at the time. You know, we were running in Road Atlanta, and we always brought the Viper Club fans out to the tracks and made them part of our crew, and or or had dinners with them or yep. whatever the case was and we were having uh, an issue in practice and the viper club guys were there i was like all right who's willing to lend us an alternator your alternator will be in the race but we'll give it back when we get <laughs> when we get done and literally our our crew guys went up took the alternator off their car put it on our race car did the race end of the race put the alternator back on it and had the driver sign it for them they thought it was great i bet yeah but um yeah, I would say the Viper will always hold a special place in my heart, just like the, like just like Daytona will. So how did you, I mean, did you 
have worked on cars prior to that? I mean, did you no. just, that just was... I have three older brothers that were all car nuts. Yeah. And I ended up in the industry. <laughs> That's so, funny. And every one of them has worked for me at one point or another. Okay, cool. Well, um, for anybody listening, um, is there anything that you're in search of right now, either cars, drivers, personnel, or anything that you'd be interested in sharing so that somebody watching, maybe they can reach out? It's, you know, racing's that uh, there's always one thing everybody's looking for, and that's sponsorship. Okay, yes. You can never have enough. Yep. Um, drivers, personnel, equipment. Uh, the equipment side, luckily, that's what I excel in. That's what I have no shortage of. Uh, those things are all fantastic, but it takes one thing to acquire all of them, yeah. and that's money. <laughs> so, on a team like this, can you have multiple um, major sponsors, or...? You can have, typically you're going to have a primary, and then some, you can have some strong secondary or mm -hmm. associate sponsors. Yep. Um, and then the, the flip side of that is you could also have a second car running a second primary and what that does it gives you some economy of scale on the two cars brings your overall per car budget down a little bit so that makes it a lot more economical and the transporter is going to the race anyway there's spots for two cars upstairs yeah, yeah. it just makes a lot more sense so in that situation it's kind of like a, a primary sponsor per car yeah typically yeah, yeah. and have have you had that situation in the past Sure. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I've worked with a number of different companies on different sorts of execution on their marketing budget. You know, with, with OnlyFans, it's, uh, it's a, you know, theirs is unique to them. And what theirs is, is trying to send out a new company message and go a little bit more mainstream with their platform. Yeah. And create visibility for, for their platform at the same time. So that's what we're doing. We're doing a lot of a lot of, if you follow our social, we're very aggressive on social media on, on promoting the brand and getting eyeballs to their to their platform. Yep. And then we've worked with tech companies in the past that, you know, they're looking, they're a, a B2, B2C company, a business to, right. uh, not, not B2C, they're B2B, yep. so it's just straight business play. They're not worried about the commercial side of it as much as the logo on the car, it's just, gives the, the people that are being entertained trackside something to root for. Yeah. Uh, it's really about the personnel interaction and being able to have your sales team in front of potential clients and things like that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. It's, uh, it's, it's so interesting learning. I haven't met somebody that has been in your role before and especially not traveled worldwide like you have. So that's fantastic. What, what are, um, are you going to be in, you're going to be the, for the rest of the season, one of the yeah. three, three more races? Uh, <clears throat> we have Nashville, next and then we have red america sebring and indianapolis oh yeah. so four more four. is is nashville the sns part of the same series yes nashville with indycar running through the streets and uh so sro gt america which is our our class and our series is running nashville. i see okay cool well, yeah, that's good. the only one for us okay well good luck this weekend um Thank you. come by and and see how you guys are doing I appreciate it Awesome. Thank you. I want to thank you for listening to Driven to Compete. It's been a pleasure sharing this episode, and I hope we've provided some inspiration and entertainment along the way. If you like the content, please share and like. But I have one ask for everyone listening. 
I would appreciate more than anything to add you to my weekly newsletter. Simply visit my website, driventocompete.com, and you'll see a form to get on my newsletter where I share exclusive content and giveaway swag. Thank you.